This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m. or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. But, you know, I wanted to share the second part of this message. I don't know if anybody remembers. It was six weeks ago when we started this series, or I started it. Mindset is everything. Does anybody remember that? Okay, it was was exactly six weeks ago. And we talked about how important mindset is. And we said mindset is really, it's a combination of what we think about and our attitude. Wouldn't you agree with that? It's a combination of our thoughts and what we do with those thoughts. It's our disposition, our mood, our attitude, our intention, our inclination. But it's what we make important, what's important to us. And so what I want to talk about today is how the, our, having the right mindset means having the right priorities. How many of you would agree with that? Priorities. What's a priority? What's a priority to you? What's a priority? What's most important, right? A goal. What's a purpose? What is your purpose? What is a goal and something that you're like laser focused, concentrating on? Because it's a priority. And how many of you know that having the right priorities is going to give us the right mindset? Wouldn't you agree with that? And we talked about there's three keys to having the our right mindset. And key number one is anybody remember? Replacing what? Stinking thinking with right thinking. Do you remember that? And the second R is renewing our mind. And we do that by spending time in God's word. God, by his spirit, changes the way we think by by getting his word. As we get our word, as we read his word, as we get it into our heart, we renew our minds. And then thirdly, the third way we get the right mindset is by rejoicing in the Lord always. Remember? And again, that was our memory verse. Again, I say rejoice. Right? Right? Rejoice in the Lord always. So, but today I want to talk about having the right mindset means setting priorities, setting having godly priorities. So look with me. We're gonna we're gonna do a little stroll through Philippians. Is that okay? We're gonna stroll through Philippians and then we're gonna go back to the Old Testament. And I cannot wait to tell you the story, the true story from the Old Testament. I I just, I've been thinking about this all night, and I just, it's so exciting. I cannot wait to deliver this message. But we're going to start in Philippians chapter 1. And verse 12, it says this. It says, and I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything, everybody say that with me, everything. And how many percentage points is everything? 100% Pastor Ron, yes. That has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. Now, who is... Who is saying this? Does anybody know? What's his name? And where is he? Say it again. He's in jail. He's in prison. Do you know why he's in prison? Did he steal something? No. No. Did he hurt somebody? No. What's he's in, what is he in prison for? Preaching the gospel. That's right. And that's what it says. Look what it says there in verse 13. It says, for everyone here including the whole palace guard, knows that I am in chains because of Christ, because of his testimony for Christ, because he was willing to publicly declare, Jesus is Lord. He is the way to heaven. And you must be saved. 
That's what Paul, that's what his testimony was. That's what he got, that's what got him in trouble. That's why he was in prison. It says, including the whole palace guard knows that I am in chains because of Christ. Verse 14. And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. Paul, the apostle, understood that the reason he was there. Listen, if you're in jail, do you think you're going to be rejoicing? Do you think you're going to be happy? But the apostle saw things through God's eyes. He realized there was a greater purpose to his life. All these things, there was a a reason for all these things. Because how many of you know? We know that God works all things together for good, right? For those that love God and are called according to his purpose. It says all the events that happened to the apostle, even going to prison, was for the purpose of spreading the gospel. And how many of you know he had the right mindset, right? He had his priorities right. He had the right priorities in his life. There was a purpose to his imprisonment. He saw his circumstances, everything that happened to him through, the, through God's eyes. And he realized there was a greater purpose to what was going on. Yeah, it might have been nasty and disgusting in that prison. It wasn't pleasant. He wasn't free. He was in bondage. He was, it says, in chains. But I see now the purpose behind it. I understand things. And as far as I'm concerned, to God be the glory. That's, that's, is that the right mindset to have? Right? We're talking about having the right mindset, setting our priorities. Paul, the apostle, set his priorities according to the will of God. He, said, he really meant it when he said, thy will be done, not my will be done. Amen? His number one priority was to advance God's kingdom. He understood that's what his purpose. He had, he had like a laser focus on this priority to advance the kingdom of God. He was called to be an evangelist, was he not? And he said, I don't, what, whatever I have to go through to advance God's kingdom. And in fact, I see the greater purpose of the... It's, I've, I've actually done more for God's kingdom being in prison <laughs> than I could have done being free. Can you imagine that? Because now believers, most believers, have boldness and they have courage to speak for Christ because they see my testimony. They see the power that that God works through me and it's given them boldness. It's giving them courage. So the question is, what is your priority? What is my priority? When we wake up every morning, is it to do our will or is it to do God's will? Is it really? Are we, when we pray Lord's Prayer, thy will be done, do we really mean it? Paul meant it. Is our priority to live for ourselves or is it to live for God? Because those are competing priorities, folks. Jesus said, if you want to follow me, what did he say? Well, you must deny yourself, right? It's not a popular message. Certainly not popular in the culture we live in. Deny yourself? Yes. Take up your cross and follow me. If you want to follow me, you must deny yourself, Jesus says. So what is your priority? Let's start with that. 
to live for yourself or to live for God? Is it your priority to do your will or to do God's will? To advance his kingdom or to to sit back like a spectator watching it all happen and not participate? What is your priority? Look with me in Philippians 1.20. It says this, For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed. Everybody say that with me. Ashamed. But, I will, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. He said, the apostle says, I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed. And he said in another letter to the Romans, he said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of it. Because it's the power of God unto salvation. The gospel to everyone that believes. To the Jews first. And also, thank God, to the Gentiles. Because how many of you would say you're Jewish here? Raise your hand. Okay, I don't see any hands. How many would say you're Gentile? I see about 15 hands. Guess what? You're either Jewish or you're Gentile. That's it. All the people on the face of the earth are either Jewish in God's eyes or Gentile. And the Paul the Apostle said, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not shy about it. I'm not shy to declare my allegiance to Christ, to declare my faith in Christ. Because it's the power of God to salvation, to everyone that believes. To the Jews first. God's chosen people, yes. But thank God also to the Gentiles, because I'm a Gentile. He says, I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I live or die. What is your priority? Is it to be bold for Christ or is it to be ashamed? And let's let's just be honest for a minute. You've had a chance in a public setting to declare your faith publicly, to speak a word, to pray maybe, bow your head in prayer. And has anybody ever shied away from that? Fearful of what other people think. Fearful of what other people say. Right? I, it says right now, I will never, I hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ. Oh God, give us that Boldness, amen? That willingness to speak up for the Lord Jesus Christ. When it's not easy, it's not popular. You're not sometimes going to be a people, you're going to have to, you know, avoid that temptation to be a people pleaser. You have to deny that. Because not everybody's going to be accepting of the gospel. How many of you know that? What is your priority to be bold for Christ That your life will bring honor to Christ. Is that your priority? That your life, whether you live or die, will bring honor to the Lord Jesus Christ. Is that your priority? Look with me in Philippians 1, verse 21. It says, for to me, living means living for Christ and dying is even better. But if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better. I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me. Yes, being in heaven, 
being in that place of eternal bliss where we experience God joy every all the time. And, and the, the apostle said, eye hasn't seen nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. He's had a vision of heaven, and it was so beautiful, so wonderful, he couldn't even describe how beautiful it was. And he said, yes, going to be with the Lord, having he had that assurance of eternal life. And going there would be far better for me. But verse 23 says, I'm torn between two. Desires, I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me. Verse 24, but for your sakes, it is better that I continue to live. Knowing this, I am convinced that I will remain alive so I can continue to help all of you grow and experience the sadness of your faith. What does it say? What is that word? I didn't hear you. What, one more time. It's my daughter's middle name, right? Joy. When my daughter was born, joy filled that hospital room. Joy. Yes, the joy. The apostle says, I, I continue to help all of you grow and experience the joy of your faith. How many of you know God's desire is that you experience joy in your faith? In his presence, was it say? In his presence, there is what? Fullness of joy, Right? And how many of you know that the joy of the Lord, that's our strength. That's where we get our strength from. He says, I will remain alive so I can continue to help all of you grow and experience the joy of your faith. And when I come to you again, you will have even more reason to take pride in Christ Jesus because of what he is doing through me. Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner Worthy of the good news about Christ. Then, whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. There are some character traits here about those that have the right mindset. What are they? Unselfishness. Heaven thinking. Christ honoring. And team building. These are the character traits of those that have the right mindset. Those that God uses to advance his kingdom. How many of you know, with each passing day, we're getting closer to the Lord's return. Amen? Amen. As we see things unfolding around us and in our world, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Amen? But we see what's going on there. We understand the signs of the times. Yes, Jesus is coming. As John said on the island of Patmos, come, Lord Jesus. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Yes, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Yes, but at the same time, my heart knows, and you know, you all know, there's people that don't know the Lord, people that you love, people in your neighborhood, even enemies you might have, co-workers perhaps, that don't know the Lord. So what is our priority the apostles was to spread this good news, to share the gospel, to be the light in the world, to be the, the salt of the earth. Let your light shine. Amen? What are the character traits? Unselfishness, heaven thinking, Christ honoring, and team building. So what is your priority? 
What is your priority? To be earthly minded or to be heavenly minded? And isn't it a temptation to be earthly minded, right? It's a temptation to just be focused on taking care of ourselves, taking care of our family, and those things are important. But there's a greater purpose. How many of you know that? There's a greater purpose for the believer, for the, the believer in Jesus Christ. Is your priority to work together or to work against each other? Right? The body of Christ, how we work together, our collective effort together. We're, we're many different parts, but we're part of the same body. And we all have an important task. We, we saw the, the video about helping out with the children's ministry. Each of us has a very important um, task in the body of Christ. Do you know that? And it's easy to let somebody's personality stop us. Oh, I don't like them. I don't like the way they laugh. I don't like the way they say. I, you know, how many of us? You know, we have to ask for God by God's grace to overcome our differences. Yes, we're different personalities. Thanks be to God we are. Thanks, thank God we're not all the same, right? Oh, God, if everybody was like me, oh, my goodness, how terrible we would be, right? We don't want everybody to be just like me or just like you, but we're all different. We, we work together for the glory of God. So is it your purpose to work together to work against each other? We're tempted oftentimes to work against each other. Philippians 2 and verse 3, it says this, don't be selfish. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude, and you can substitute the word mindset for attitude. We can have, you, you must have the same mindset that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When, the, when, when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. What is your priority? Is it to be selfish or to be unselfish? Is it to be, to be proud, to be prideful, or to be humble? Let us adopt the same attitude, the same mindset that Christ had. He was humble. Humility, adopting God's a godly attitude and obedience to the Father's will. These are the character traits of those with the right mindset. Because remember, mindset is everything. Amen? Having the right mindset. Philippians 4 and verse 10 says this. How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know that you have always been concerned for me. But you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need. For I have learned. Everybody say that with me. Learned. It says for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned. Everybody say learned. The secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Amen? Amen. 
I can do everything through Christ. Let's all say that together. I can do everything 100% through Christ who gives me strength. Is that having the right mindset? Is that having the right priority? Amen. He learned this. Says he learned this. And oftentimes, how do we learn? How do we learn? You think about it. How do we learn things? Through an experience, right? That's the best way of learning, as far as I'm concerned, by experiencing something. And sometimes when we're going through a difficult time, sometimes when we're facing a challenge, sometimes when we're at the end of ourselves, God, have you ever thought that there's a reason, and you're praying, and you're thinking, God, why am I going through this? I don't understand. This is a very difficult situation, Lord. I'm not understanding it. Have you ever considered that that difficulty, that trial might be an opportunity? God is trying to teach us something. God is showing us an opportunity to learn something about God. It's having the right mindset. Amen? What is your priority? Is it to complain or to be content? To complain? Who wants to complain? Raise your hand if you want to complain. Who's, who has complained? Okay, let's be honest. Who has complained? Thank you. Because my wife, thank God for a godly wife. Because she speaks the truth in love oftentimes. And she'll stop me and say, you're complaining. You're complaining. I'm hearing you complain. And that is not bringing glory to God. Yes, dear. Yes, dear. You're right, you got me. You win, you win. But complaining, you know what complaining, you know what, think about it. Complaining is a lack of trust. Not trusting God. Would you not agree with that? When we complain, we are not, tr- we are not exhibiting trust or faith in God. Think about that for a minute. So what is your priority, to complain or to be content? And, and to go along with, as you know, as my custom is, I like to have a memory verse card. They're, they're back there. I don't know if you got them on the way in, but this is something I love to do. How many of you know it's important that we hide God's word in our heart that we what? Might not sin against him. Amen? So I want to encourage you. If it's up on the screen, Denise, I don't know if it's still up there. Or Rocky, uh, Philippians 4.13, is it up there? It says, let's read it together. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Amen. That's having the right mindset. And it's something I had to, I had to experience on Friday after this Friday at 1 o'clock when Pastor Ron said, I need you to teach this weekend. And I was like, okay, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Amen. And uh, but, but oftentimes, you know, we're going through a difficult time and we wonder, we, we don't understand it. We don't understand. Remember, think of Job, right? He didn't understand it. But there was a greater purpose in mind. And Paul, through his testimony to the Philippian church, he's understanding God has a greater purpose. No matter what we go through, yes, I'm in prison, but the truth of it is, I realize now, I did more for the kingdom of God being in prison than I could have done being free. And I see it now. And I say, to God be the glory. Whatever I have to go through, whether I live or die, my goal, my priority, my mindset is 
that I would bring glory to God, that I would advance his kingdom, whatever, whatever I have to go through to advance the kingdom, because that is my laser focus priority, to advance his kingdom. Look with me in Hebrews 13 and verse 5. It says this. It says, don't love, don't love money. Don't love money. But do we live in a society, in a culture that loves money? Right? Everything around us. It's all about image, about making more money. And don't get me wrong. It's not money is the root of all evil. It's the love of money. Right? The love of money. It says, don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. We sang about it. Great is his faithfulness. His faithfulness. You haven't failed me yet. We sang about it. I will never fail you, it says. I will never abandon you. Verse 6. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Is it your priority? Is your priority to love money? Or to be content with what you have? To be satisfied. Everybody say that with me. Satisfied. Oh, I'm satisfied. Satisfied with Jesus. Remember that? Anybody remember that old hymn? Oh, I'm satisfied. Satisfied with him. Every need has been supplied. Praise the Lord. I'm satisfied. Oh, I'm satisfied. Satisfied with him. I can't sing, but I can make a joyful noise, can I? Right? I'm satisfied. Satisfied with him. Praise the Lord. Every need has been supplied. I am satisfied. Satisfied with Jesus. Romans 14, 17 says this. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink. And oh, don't we live in a culture. Man, every time you you turn the TV on, there's another food show, right? And and don't get me wrong. Oh, my goodness, this food is, oh, it's making me, I just want to eat the television when I see it. (laughs) It's all about food. It's all about, you know, satisfying ourselves. God is, it, the kingdom of God, it says, Romans 14, 17 says this, the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Is that your priority? Or just to satisfy the flesh? Or just to, you know, have whatever new recipe comes out, oh, I got to try whatever new restaurant there is, oh, we got to try that new, the new dish they have? Satisfy ourselves. But it says the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Verse 18, if you serve Christ with this attitude or with this mindset, you will please God and others will approve of you too. So then let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. Is it your priority to satisfy your flesh or to serve Christ? Because those are competing against each other. Those are competing priorities. Is it your priority? Is it my priority to satisfy the flesh or to serve Christ? Because remember, Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you need to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. Is it our priority to aim for harmony in the church and to build each other up? Or is it, is, it our, is it our priority to bring discord 
or division in the church. And to tear each other, instead of building people up, is it, is it our priority to tear people down? And how many of you know gossip can tear, that's a way of tearing people down. And gossip can happen in the church. How many of you know that? And I, I, it was a couple months ago I talked about speak life. We talked about this. The words we use to encourage one another, to build each other up. Very important, the words that we use. So is it our priority to aim Aim is, think about it, is, a, is an archer or, a, or a, a rifle aiming it, aiming for a target? Is it our aim to have harmony or discord in the church, to build each other up or to tear them down? Think about it. Think about it for a minute. Now to the, to the really, really good part, Daniel chapter 3. This, how many of you know this is a true story that I'm going to read right here? This has happened thousands of years ago. But I am so excited. I was thinking about this all night to deliver this message. And it's found in Daniel chapter 3. Is, is it on the over? I want to make sure everybody's reading with me. Yeah. Verse 1, okay? King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide and set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Do you know how tall 90 feet is? Anybody? No. Is there a local reference that we could use? There you go. How tall is that steeple? It's 94 feet. Now look up at that steeple. When you go outside, look up at that steeple. That's how tall that statue was. We're talking a big statue. 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide. Verse 2. Then he sent messages to the high officers, the officials, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the provincial officials to come to the dedication of the statue he had set up. So all these officials came and stood before the statue King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald shouted out, People of all races and nations and languages, listen to the king's command. When you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and other musical instruments, bow to the ground to worship King Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. Anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. So at the sound of the musical instruments, all the people, whatever their race or nation or language, bowed to the ground and worshipped the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. But some of the astrologers went to the king and informed them on the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, Heil Hitler. You know, but we think this happened thousands of years, could never happen again, right? Within the last hundred years. Right? Said, long live the king. Verse 10. You issued a decree requiring all the people to bow down and worship the gold statue when they hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and other musical instruments. That decree also states that those who refuse to obey must be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whom you have put in charge of the province of Babylon, they pay no attention to you. Now, just keep your finger there for a minute. It's their accusation, the accusation against these Jews was that they pay no attention to you, your majesty. They refuse to serve your gods and do not worship the gold statue you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage and ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought before him. 
When they were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue I have set up? I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? Verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied together. Mutually, they replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves against this accusation that we do not, that we ignore you, that we don't pay attention to you. That's not true, but we don't even need to defend ourselves against that. It says, verse 17, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. And then, Verse 18, it says, but even if he doesn't, we want to make it perfectly clear to you, O king, that we will never bow down to your gods or the statue that you have set up. He said, but even if he doesn't, he is able and he will, but even if he doesn't, We're going to make it publicly known to you that we will not compromise. We will not give in to the pressure. That we will stay faithful to our God because we know he is the only God. And because he is sovereign. Because he is sovereign. And he is God. And I'm not. And I love him. And I submit to his will. Even if he doesn't. Have you ever come across a scripture and it made you cry? This makes me cry when I think about it. Even if he doesn't. Oh, if we all mutually, cumulatively together had that same mindset about being faithful to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. They had purposed in their heart. They had made up their mind before the moment of, the moment of, of, of temptation. They had made up their mind on what they were going to do. They had settled it. And it said earlier in the book of Daniel that Daniel had purposed in his heart not to defile himself with the king's delicacies. It says that. Look it up. Daniel 1.8. He says, Daniel, he purposed in his heart. And these three Hebrew boys, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abed, did the same thing. They purposed in their heart that we are not going to give in to temptation. We're not going to give in to peer pressure. We're not going to give in even to the threat of losing our lives. That's how important it is for us to be faithful to our God. Amen? What is your priority? What is my priority? Is it to honor God or to dishonor God? To be faithful or to be unfaithful? Verse 19, it says this. Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. 
Then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So they tied them up and threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. And because the king in his anger had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the three men in. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. Does anybody have a wood stove here? Raise your hand. Anybody know what a wood stove is? Raise your hand. Has anybody seen a wood stove when it's really piping? When it's really, I've seen them turn red. Now, if you think you'd have the courage to go into a, a, a massive wood stove, put your hand on, a, on your wood stove when it's really piping. If you think you have that kind of courage. Verse 24, it says, But suddenly Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, Didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Verse 25, get ready to shout. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound walking around in the fire, unharmed. And the fourth looks like a god. Who is the fourth? That was Jesus. With them, in the fire, in the flame, in the storm, in the trial. But they had to go through that trial to experience his presence. He was with them. What does it say in Psalm 23, 4? It says it up there. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you, Lord, thou art with me. Amen? Amen. Verse 26, then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Then the high officers, the officials, governors, and advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their heads was singed and their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell like smoke. You talk about deliverance. Amen? How many of you know God's deliverance is absolute? Have you ever been around a campfire for like 10 seconds and you smell like smoke for the next three days, right? Has that that ever, ever happened to anybody except me? God's deliverance is absolute. And can you imagine? Can you imagine? Think about that. Put yourself at that moment in history. Do you think, think about the the joy. Imagine the joy they experienced when they realized they're walking around and they're, they're experiencing the fullness of joy because Jesus is there with them. And they're in this blazing furnace and not nothing, they're not feeling anything. They're experiencing overwhelming joy. Can you imagine that for a moment? Can you imagine their joy when they came out of that? And, and realized they, they hadn't died. They hadn't even experienced any pain whatsoever. But it took them to go through that. There was a point in time where they said, listen to us, king. Our God is able to deliver us. And he will deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we want you to know we're going to be faithful to him. We will never bow down to your gods. We will never bow down and worship your statue. They had to go, have that moment of time 
to experience the joy of the Lord. Okay? Did they have the right mindset? Did they have their priorities in order? Verse 28, then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than to serve or worship any god except their own god. They had purposed in their hearts. They had made up their mind. They had the right mindset. And it was based on a combination of what they thought and their attitude. And they had settled it in their heart. They knew beforehand how they were going to respond. And for all of eternity, these three Hebrew boys will be remembered for the stand they took against the great King Nebuchadnezzar. Amen? It's a testimony to us. It's a lesson to be learned for you and me today, thousands of years later about what it means to have the right mindset. Therefore, verse 29, I make this decree of any people. This is, this is Nebuchadnezzar. He had just said, anybody that doesn't bow down to my God is, is thrown into the blazing fire. Now he's a complete believer in, in the God of Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Listen to this. He says, therefore, I make this decree of any people, whatever their race or nation or language, Speak a word against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They will be torn limb from limb, and their houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. Now, that's a man saying that. That's not God saying that. Because how many of you know God wants us to serve him out of a willing heart? Amen? Not out of compulsion. Right? There is no other God who can rescue like this. And I said, no, Nebuchadnezzar, there's no other God, period. Hard stop. There's no other God like our God. Amen? Amen? There's no other God like our God. Jesus said, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Jesus said that. He is the only way. Not just a way. He is the only way. I make no apology for telling you that. He is the only way to be rescued from the wages of our sin. We've all sinned. Every single one of us have sinned. None is righteous, not even one. We've all sinned. And the, and the penalty, the consequence for that sin is what? Is death. The wages of sin is death. Just like the wage, when you work at the end of the week, what you get is, you know, your paycheck for what you've done. Well, we've all sinned. And what we get for what we've done is death. Not just physical death, but spiritual death. There is a very real heaven and there is also a very real hell. The wages of sin is death. Jesus said he is the only way. And all of us must come to him confessing that we are sinners. Admitting that we can't save ourselves. Admitting that what we've done is worthy of death. And Jesus said, even, even if you haven't actually done it, the thought alone is sinful. And once we come to that cross, to the place of that altar of repentance and faith, we can experience the joy of our faith, the joy of salvation, amen? Because we realize when we place our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, 
as our Savior, when we confess our sins, and when we trust in Jesus to save us and invite him to be Lord and Savior of our life, how many of you know that brings joy? There's joy in that experience. How many of you have experienced something like that? Raise your hand if you know you're saved. Raise your hand. Not everybody's raising their hand. Before you leave today, I want you to experience that. If you don't know that from a practical experience, we can be saved. Jesus is the only way, folks. There's no other way. Verse 30 says this, Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to even higher positions in the province of Babylon. Because we read earlier in Romans that if we make Christ's attitude or mindset, our mindset, We will not only please God, but we will have the favor of men, too. And that's exactly what happened. The king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to even higher positions in the province of Babylon. You will be blessed when you honor God. How many of you know that? You can experience joy like you could never experience in the world. The joy of your faith, the joy of salvation. Mindset is everything. Think about it. When the church church as a whole collectively gets our mindset in line with God's will like the apostle Paul had his mindset think about it. can you imagine the results can you imagine we will literally each one of us will be walking revivals in the streets just like what happened in Nebuchadnezzar when he saw the glory of God the reality of God he said wow I'm convinced I'm converted to your God, right? And that's what will happen once we get a hold ourselves collectively of having the right mindset and getting our priorities straight. Imagine the joy when we see the reality and power of God. Imagine the joy when we see family, friends, and even enemies saved. Imagine the joy when we experience literally heaven on earth. Amen? That can happen as I see the times, as you see the times. We know we're, listen, we don't know when Jesus is coming back. We all say, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Yes, but we know there's people that aren't saved, loved ones that we have. So what is our priority? What is our priority? To serve ourselves or to serve God? That's the question. Amen? Let's bow our heads for a moment. Pray. So, Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord. Thank you for this opportunity to share your word, Father. Thank you for the testimony of Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. This, their willingness, Lord, to, to take a stand for you, to be faithful to you. Oh, God, give us that same courage, boldness, and conviction. Father, when we think about The priorities we need to have for ourselves each day, is it to serve you or serve ourselves? Is it to be faithful or unfaithful? Lord, is it to be bold or to be ashamed? These are questions each of us, each of us has to ask ourselves, Father. We have to challenge ourselves with your word, Father. Oh, God, change us because we we realize, Lord, that you're willing that no one perish but that all come to repentance. That's your will is that no one perish, but that all come to repentance. Oh God, help us to be 
to be your hands extended, to help us to be willing vessels, Lord, for you, like the apostle was. Even in prison, he realized that he could do more for the kingdom of God in prison than he could outside of prison. Father, help us to have the right mindset because mindset is everything. As our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, Father, I just pray if there's anyone here that has, doesn't have that assurance of forgiveness, that assurance of salvation, if you can't say beyond a shadow of a doubt, I'm born again, I'm saved, I'm on my way to heaven. If you can't, I want to encourage you. Make today that day of salvation. Make today. We're all in a moment, we're going to pray together. We're going to pray to reaffirm our faith. But this is an opportunity for you to declare publicly your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, and if we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. That's what what the Bible says. So let's pray together right now. Dear Heavenly Father, I know that you love me. I know that you sent Jesus to die on a cross, to shed his blood, to wash away my sin. I confess that I am a sinner and that I have sinned. And I ask you to forgive me of those sins. I turn from those sins and I trust in you to save me and to forgive me. I welcome Jesus into my heart and to my life. Help me, Lord, to have the same mindset that Jesus had and to have my priorities in line with your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.